0: Plus, every show is a double header so you get to see us record not one but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our
1: website, crime.com.
0: Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Drunk Women Drunk
1: Women Solving Crime. Hello, and welcome to a very special edition of the podcast. I'm Hannah George from Drunk Women Solving Crime, and I'm, of course, joined by my regular co hosts, Casey Wilkins and Taylor Gay. Well, hello.
2: Hello. And I'm Deborah Frances White from The Guilty Feminist. Now, as you will have gathered, this isn't any old episode. No, more of a bonus track, as both shows come together to celebrate other funny podcasts, and it's not the first time we've mashed up, is it, guys?
0: No, mashed being the operative word. Yes. <laughs> it has been I mean, I noticed that it's I looked it up
1: and it was two thousand nineteen, it was pre pandemic, was the last time we uh, we mashed ourselves. Uh, last time we, we got drunk together and solved crime. Yeah.
0: We didn't know what was coming. Yeah. We didn't know what was gonna hit us. We didn't. Now I'm really glad we lived up to the brand and drank a lot. Because we didn't know, we
2: didn't know what the future held. Well, what it held was more drinking a lot because there was going to be a lock-in <laughs> for two years. So we were just rehearsing. This is true. <laughs> yeah,
3: we were match fit. When we haven't. really were. Our greatest role, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you,
2: actually. Well, I came on your podcast first, and I took it very seriously because you are meant to be smashed. you went meant to have have had a few drinks. I'd, yeah, you're a the I yeah, you were professional. I remember the I bajitos. came around to you. Your, was it your house, Katie? It was mine, was Taylor's. It was back in
0: the day when we recorded it, mine. Yeah, you made a delicious cocktail. Did I? The Vojito. a the mojito vo- made with vodka, yeah. Gosh. Did I? You gosh. did.
3: You were, oh, my gosh. It
2: doesn't bode well that I can't remember it.
3: Um, <laughs> <laughs> it had mint from Taylor's Garden. I remember this. Oh, oh, we're so <laughs> awesome right. when but we let's drink.
2: bring out the mojitos again. What a disappointment that I'm on coffee <laughs> this morning. Uh, maybe we should pause this and get vodied up.
0: But Um, yeah, and then we did a delightful mashup at the London Podcast Festival. So it was Drunk Guilty Feminist Solving Crime, I believe. And we solved everything in the world. People
2: constantly say how much they love that episode. And I find it so embarrassing that it's online.
0: (sighs) Because
2: (laughs) 2 V and I, we'd done a lot of shows (laughs) that day. And we thought, oh, we better get, you know, have a few drinks quite quickly. And we really, (laughs) we just missed the turn off. And we uh, (laughs) are... (laughs) <laughs> not the kind of oh, we're tipsy, isn't this adorable? We're
3: too drunk, and I'm not a big drinker. I'm just don't. I'm just drinking. It's not really one of my things. Well, today's mashup is all about the Audible Comedy Club, brought to you by Audible and ACAS Creative. It is great to be working with the Guilty Feminist again, Yay.
0: isn't Yay. it? Isn't it? Uh, one thing we know about both of our audiences is that you love comedy, in particular, listening to it. And today we're hopefully going to give you your next series to binge.
2: And that's because we've spent the last week listening to some brilliant podcasts on Audible. This is true. I chose Lolly faux fan mail and my partners in crime, drunk crime, opted for the brilliant Corrupt <laughs> FM. So what you'll hear in this edition of the
1: Audible Comedy Club is what we thought of those shows and why you might like to get involved with them too. Well, I can't wait to hear what you thought about Lolly Adafope's podcast fan mail, Deborah. What's what's the premise? It's incredibly funny, the premise. It's it's Lolly
2: Adefope finally, after all these years of being glamorous and famous, responding to her fan mail. So she's oh. really sending up celebrity <laughs> culture herself, uh, how how seriously comedians take themselves and how famous they think they are. So she talks about her fans in a very high-handed way. She constantly refers to her fame uh, in in a very overblown way. And then she reads out fan mail. She has fans write in. Her right-hand woman, her producer, who she chats to, is clearly a stalker fan who's sort of <laughs> virtually, <laughs> you would enjoy this drunk woman solving crime, it has, has, has basically poisoned her way into the job by knocking out the more suitable <laughs> candidate. Um, I think you could do a true crime podcast on Lollyanna Fopé's fan mail. Oh, wow. And why her <laughs> producer is yeah. homicidal.
1: We sometimes feel that way about our producers.
0: I mean, who wouldn't <laughs> want to
2: kill us, to
0: be fair? <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yeah. Um, how well do you know La Loyada Fopé's work? Well, I'm going to add um, myself to the stalker list because I love her. The thing I know her most from is Ghosts and an American series called Shrill. And she oh, couldn't yeah. play two more different characters
3: in both of those shows, which just shows her comedic talent she's absolutely brilliant and I also I love her she's only has quite a small part in that the most recent Alan Partridge one but she's brilliant in that where she keeps disagreeing with everything he says just on principle oh, yeah. <laughs> she's really funny in that <laughs> <laughs> and I love it she crops up in everything as well I love it she's
1: one of those people that you've got like is that Lollyanna yeah. and it always is like she was in Mission Impossible like I was like was is she? yeah it is yeah oh, well, she, you, you know are setting <laughs> me up
2: absolutely brilliantly uh because you haven't heard this podcast have you
1: no. No, okay. no, we, we're hearing it
2: from well, you. Well, uh, you're setting me up so incredibly because she has always has a celebrity guest or, as she calls them, celebrity fans. <laughs> <laughs> her first celebrity fan uh, is Steve Coogan. And, but she calls him Mr. Great. Partridge. She doesn't seem to know the difference <laughs> between Steve Coogan and Alan Partridge. And it's the real Steve Coogan, uh, obviously coming on because she did his show, and going... <laughs> And just being himself and she's saying but you're not dressed like mr partridge and he says no well i'm not alan partridge that's a character i i couldn't go around dressed like him all the time that would be demented and, <laughs> um, and she's meant to be interviewing him but she's constantly trying to get him to say nice things and he says things like well you are punctual and if you've, if you've heard anything negative uh, on the set don't let it hold you back <laughs> And he's just so deadpan on it, and so Steve Coogan. And she keeps misunderstanding things that he's saying, and he's he's trying to get out of it, and eventually he says that a man is coming to relight his pool house, and so he has to go. (laughs) It's just so brilliant. And then there's another fan with a ridiculous name, who who calls in and she, she says, well, of course, when I was in Mission Impossible and tells a story which she says is a teachable moment. It's not at all. It's a ridiculous story. <laughs> and the fan says, oh, so I think you're trying to say and tries to make it a bit more reasonable. And she says, no, you're missing the point. The point is I was in Mission Impossible. <laughs>
3: and, and, and I played
2: Woman Behind Desk. <laughs> and she's just so brilliant and satirising herself and bouncing off people in this way. I don't know how much is scripted and how much is ad-libbed, but I do know that she really knows how to send herself up and celebrity culture and play this very fine line uh, of, it's very difficult, I think, to be yourself, know what people might find funny about you, play on that and mm. and not be vain about that either to go I'm going to yeah. just dial up yeah. this side of like yeah, being it. being this you know she's she is a very successful international star now as you say she's big but what she's saying is really I think Everyone thinks they're bigger than they are, and and everyone's everyone in the business is looking over their shoulder and googling themselves, and what do people think of me and posting about themselves online? And oh, so I I really do think she's a major talent, and she's doing something really interesting. And I laughed out loud quite a lot, I have to say. And I don't normally (laughs) laugh out loud when I'm on my own very much, even though I find something hilariously funny. It's just that thing of you laugh out loud more in an audience because that's just the way human beings are. But I did laugh out loud. Uh, a lot, and I'm a feminist, but I admit I might have been getting a manicure while I was listening to it, and I made the manicurist listen, and she was laughing out loud a lot to the extent where once she made a mistake. I don't know if you can see. Can you see the finger of that hand? There's a little smear, and that's because Lolly was so funny.
0: Oh, that's funny.
2: <laughs> I said, don't bother doing it again. I didn't have time to go over it again, and I, I thought it was such a compliment to Lolly, and I, I would, I'd, t- I'd wanna, I'd wanna text her and tell her I've got a smeared nail because of you.
0: Oh. oh my gosh it sounds absolutely amazing it sounds really unusual too like it's just a very different thing to do with your own success and kind of yeah ride that line as you say um I've got to ask you though Deborah, have you ever received a strange bit of fan mail
2: (gasps) oh my god yes I have once I was doing a show called how to get almost anyone to want to sleep with you and it was a show about (laughs) sexual confidence it was a show about not going, oh, no one likes me. It wasn't a show about sex. It wasn't raunchy at yeah, all. Yeah. It was just a show about how you presented, how you felt about yourself. And people loved it because they would come away feeling, you know, like, yeah, I'm fabulous. And one of the flyers was me with a cigarette and there was like 10 hands coming in to light it. And it was parodying huh. that old huh. 1940s film where a woman would pick up sure, a cigarette sure. and men would just yeah. try and light the cigarette. So I thought, well, that's one image that says hey, I know I'm sexy and evoking that kind of 40s glamour. Yeah. I w- The piece of fan mail was sent to a theatre I was performing in and it said, hello, my name is Pipe Smoking Steve. And oh, my God. God.
1: He's, I mean, he sounds I've, hot. Seen,
2: <laughs> I've seen your poster and uh-huh. I, I'm from Wales. I just really love your, your image and I wondered if you would send me a picture of you smoking a cigar, I also like to smoke cigars. And then he just went on in great detail about how he'd like to see me smoking, what he'd like to see me smoking, what he liked to smoke. Uh, and he uh, wanted me to call him oh, Pipe wow. Smoking Steve. Now I wanted to write back because this could be a really funny like piece for a show or something, my correspondence with Pipe Smoking Steve, because I thought what I wanted to <laughs> do was write back really innocently and go, actually, Steve, I try never to smoke because it's very bad for me. And I worry about it mm-hmm. uh, and just really just act as if I've completely <laughs> missed the sexual agenda, the kink agenda, yes. and see what he would write back and get something going where <laughs> mine are innocent and his are getting more, in- what I imagined would be more increasingly, uh, <laughs> increasingly sexual. And my husband, I'm a feminist, but my husband said, oh, no, I mean, he could be really insane. Like, you know, don't do that. Could and be. And I said, he's in <laughs> Wales. <laughs> and Tom said, have you not heard of trains? If you stop writing <laughs> to him, he's going to where you live and come here? There's going to be a man with twenty pipes at the front. I was like, I do take your point. Fair enough. Fair
0: enough. Oh, I, I love the idea <laughs> of doing that—just taking the air right out of his fetish balloon. Like, I really oh no, regret smoking not. is bad. I don't. I, <laughs> I mean, if he'd left an email,
2: I couldn't have resisted. But it was <laughs> snail mail, and so he would have had to write back to my address, and I—I I did rather see Tom's point. Sadly, but that's yeah. my favourite piece of fan yeah. mail. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Glad that's I asked the question. So this is the kind of thing, actually, I might text Lolly and tell her about this so maybe she, could, uh, yeah. maybe she can parody this in case any of these men are listening on Lolly and fan mail.
3: Yeah, that would be brilliant. This show sounds amazing. I am sold. Why else would you recommend it? Well, I would recommend it to anybody who's feeling a bit
2: weighed down by
3: the world's
2: problems because I think it is – a brilliant piece of escapism that reminds us all we're not as important as we think. Stop taking ourselves so seriously. And yeah. it, it just made me remember that it's all a bit silly and to laugh at myself. Now, that's why I enjoyed my show. You guys have been listening to the brilliant Corrupt FM and corrupt is spelt K-U-R-U-P-T. Corrupt FM's podcast. Yeah. I
1: can't wait to hear what you thought of it. I don't know anything about the show, guys. What is the overview? Oh, me? Well, I'm corrupt fm it's kind of based on this tv show called people just do nothing which i've always been a huge fan of they've had a movie which was amazing like when you kind of try and um make a sitcom into a movie i think alan partridge did it with alpha papa incredibly well and also um people just do nothing it's so brilliant. But the podcast is Grinder DJ Beats, Steves and Chapuddy G of Corrupt FM, which is West London's premier pirate radio station. And they just basically they find a, a subject and they discuss it on the podcast. They share their experiences of, um, of the subject. So season three, which is the one we listen to, has crime, business, books, parenting, celebrities, and health sound kind of dry, but not when corrupt of them do it. They're not dry at all.
3: Yeah, it's so funny. Like I would, if I had to try and describe it, I would say it was like a joyful, unreliable narrator guide to life <laughs> with all of those subjects.
2: <laughs> I love the sound of that. Were you guys a fan of People Just Do Nothing or are you converts after listening to this?
0: Well, Hannah obviously knows the show well. I feel like I was the wild variable here because I hadn't ever watched People Just Do Nothing. Um, And I wondered, am I going to have to go back and watch that so that I understand this? And I decided, no, just jump right into the podcast and see if it works out of context. And it does. So for any listeners out there who maybe didn't catch the series, you're going to want to watch the series once you listen to it. But It just makes sense because you can tell these guys are in these brilliant characters, they take the piss out of each other. And the topics, uh, the way they kick off every episode is great because they just go in a circle and say one word that relates to the topic. And I was in as soon as they did that. I listened to one of their older episodes about fashion. And they're just like, pants
3: shirts they just start listing (laughs) items of clothing I'm like what do these things have in common and I'm like
0: this is just the kind of silly humor that I need right now and you
3: don't have to have watched the series at all to enjoy it yeah it's fun and silly I agree too it works it it completely works as a standalone self-contained podcast series Uh, how
2: how does it match up to the tv series though for the fans if you if you are a fan of the show what we think of the podcast i
1: think it's i think it's great i think just the way they're kind of completely completely i feel like they completely are their characters in this you know sometimes you feel like you see a chink of like what the, the actual person behind the mm. character is with this i kind of i don't see that at all i remember i once had a meeting at a production company next to where they were all having a meeting about people just do nothing. Yeah. And I was having like some script notes in there. And there was like a, a window between the two rooms. And they it was just like all the characters <laughs> were there. They were just so loud and so funny. And I remember the producer looking at me dead in the eyes and saying... I wish I was in that meeting.
3: (laughs) 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 Wow, (laughs) which makes you so good. I
0: know that makes (laughs) sense. But the show—the show is in a mockumentary format, right? So it's like you're a fly on the wall. When you listen to this, you're just dropped right in, and you're you're taking it at face value that these guys are who they are, and they're bantering about these topics.
3: It's like, I would say, you know, we were talking about Alan Partridge earlier. I'd say like the podcast, cause it's like a spoof show. It's like, aha with Alan Partridge. And then like the TV show is like the spoof documentary. So it's like when he was in the Travel Lodge.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Which was actually my favorite one. My favorite things in the Travel Lodge. <laughs> Lolly at Frobee says, she calls it uh, knowing me and knowing you too. And she thinks there's a whole other <laughs> show called Aha. <laughs> Um, so uh, so the, these have these shows have got us uh, i've got a link already if i'm going to go in cold to corrupt fm what episode should i go to if i don't want to go right just through from the beginning have you got any faves
3: that's really hard to answer because every single episode works as a standalone and they've all got like really amazing bits um but maybe i th- but i don't know if this is my favorite one because it maybe it even was the first one I listened to, but it's in the original series and it's called music and they go back and they do the history of music <laughs> they do like so they start with like classical music like mozart and they go that's just really boring that's when music was rubbish and then they, it hasn't know, got a beat behind it like where's the beat when does yeah. the beat drop and then like real music starts with bob marley <laughs> and like their overview of the history of music is just amazing it's just so joyful to listen to their take on everything it's just brilliant. I really
1: liked, um, I liked the parenting one because I'm soon to be a parent. So um, I was kind of quite excited to listen to it. and <laughs> to get taking a lot of advice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure you should be taking all the advice <laughs> from, um, from this podcast in particular. But it is so funny, again, with the words that they say at the beginning, yes. you know, they just say things like boredom. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> really, there was one in the parenting one because I went to that one too. And they're like, being really right because you've stayed up all night. (laughs) (laughs) none
3: of them are positive (laughs) i know there's just something and it's like stephen fry is in the books episode he like they get the real stephen fry to try and do one of their raps in um in obviously in his real voice and then they sack him because he hasn't got any flow (laughs) Um, and like there's and then just the way that mc grinder just tells lies like like a year eight boy would tell a lie like so he has these fantastic stories about how he lost his virginity and stuff okay and in miami or something <laughs> yeah with like five sex workers that couldn't resist him in, in the back of a casino with gangsters trying to kill him like it's it's just so over the top and then like you know one of them will be like oh because you texted me finally done it with me. like so like everybody always reveals his lies and he likes no shh, just like no because that was I, I meant in the uk that was the first <laughs> Some of the UK. And it's just so everything, every episode has just brilliant bits. You can't go yeah. wrong.
0: I went straight for the crime one just because. You know, yeah, it's you it's your area. and it was it was really fun because the
3: way that they
0: first they're debating like who's cooler, and they're sort of joking about like well I've done actual time and no one gives a shit. They're like, oh, you have a two stretch. I did a two stretch, like two months. It's not
3: even years. it was two weeks. It was two weeks. Even better. And then the other one goes, it was ten days
1: It was a working
0: week. And then they're quizzing like which drugs are cool. And and it's just so ludicrous. They're like, heroin, cool. No, it's not, no, it's not, it's too late. No, you said yes. It's ridiculous. It's so much fun. I loved the awesome. tech one though. I don't know if you guys listen to the tech one because they're just being such dumbasses about tech, and they're trying to use they're trying to use shorthand that don't doesn't exist. They they're like, what does Mo stand for? What's Mo? And somebody's like, Muhammad. And they're like, no, moped. It's a moped. It's great. <laughs> how how do, why do you think some people can do
2: characters on a podcast?
3: Yeah, I'm fascinated by that, and I would love to know with corrupt FM how much of it is scripted. And how much of his improvised because it's so natural the way they interrupt each other. But the characters are so slick, um, and I, I guess the thing about being a character is you can you get you can probably get away with more. Yeah. Even with Lolly being a version of herself, you can you can you've got a bit more license to be a bit more outrageous. Mm. And they're so nailed on as well. I think because they've been doing these
1: characters for like 10 plus years, probably, if you think about when the first Mm. People Just Do Nothing comes out. Like, it's like they would, because I was really intrigued as to how much of it was scripted and how much of it was just um, improvised. Because it's so, it is just like listening to a podcast where a bunch of mates are talking. Also with, I don't know, with like being a a character, because I feel like we're all slightly characters on Drunk Women, slightly. I pretend to be very stupid and naive, but actually I'm Uh. incredibly sophisticated. To uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. So, it must be exhausting, pretending. <laughs> <laughs> it, really, it really
2: is the mask I put on. I pretend to be a feminist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my God, uh-huh. the greatest
2: trick, the devil of your <laughs> <laughs> I am, for listeners, I am got- a feminist. That was a joke. That was a big old <laughs> <laughs> ironic joke. We got, we got the scoop no, on Deborah. No, I, was- I, I should never have said that. Um, so when it comes to corrupt FM,
1: is there anything you came to say that you didn't get to say? I, can't, I mean, for me, Chaputty G is like one of the greatest comedy characters that has been created in the last decade, I think. I think he's like, I know David Brent was 20 years ago, but I think he's the strongest comedy character for, for 20 years since David Brent. He's just one of the fact for me it's it's all about him and what he has is he's like um, a businessman and his <laughs> businesses like sponsor the episode so rather than ads in the way that we'll have an ad for something on the podcast he's got ads for products that he's trying to sell and those are some of the funniest oh. um, <laughs> some of the funniest bits of those podcasts for me anyway and yeah. I want to buy half the stuff he's got like I mean
0: it just sounds amazing That's but there's no way of doing jingle
3: it for that juice one Yeah, yeah, he's got the
0: jingles, he's got the (laughs) patter. It reminded me that I need to just get away from my brain sometimes, and there's such a well-oiled comedy machine that you can just switch it on and escape for a little bit. I was enjoying it so much on the train and it was one of the first times I've been able to focus on a full episode of something and not go, oh, what do I have to do? And I've got work and I've got all this. It really took me out of my head. So it's it's brilliant for that. It's for your yeah. mental health, guys. Corrupt FM, mental health.
3: It's self <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just really, Self-care. really funny, joyful comedy. It's just fun and silly and insightful and well-observed and brilliant.
2: Well, I'm definitely going to try Corrupt FM. Uh, what is our next podcast, Taylor?
0: Well, our ears have been so busy as we've not just been listening to these two fantastic shows, but we've all been listening to the Alan Davies As Yet Untitled podcast. Uh, Guys,
3: how would you describe this show? Fantastic raconteurs telling hilarious anecdotes. Oh, very concise. Well done, Katie. Yeah, you should be a reviewer. That was really good. Five stars. I don't know that I can top that. It's just... It's like the
2: best dinner party you've ever been to, except it's the best dinner party you've <laughs> never been to, with the funniest comedians <laughs> sitting around and telling brilliant stories and sometimes revealing things that they probably shouldn't. It's yeah, really, really good. And I know it from the TV show, which has been on for years, and it just makes so much sense to make it a podcast because, honestly, you don't need to look at their faces Like most people it's a dinner party story, so you that's something brilliant that you can listen to when you're
1: working out or on a commute and you can't look at the screen. What I, what I loved about it as well is there's so many people that are on the show have also been on um, on Drunk Women. Yeah. So I was kind of... Because on our show, because we don't really interview anyone or sort of really give anyone a chance to speak, it's kind <laughs> of <really interesting. laughs> But it just means that I was able to listen to it and go like, oh, wow, I found out so many new things about these people who I know. Like um, So in this series alone, Fatia El Ghori, um, Helen Bauer, Izzy City. Jordan Gray, Amy Gledhill, London Hughes, Al Murray, Ed Byrne, and Rachel Paris have all been on our podcast and are all on this series yeah. of As Yet Untitled. And sometimes I feel like I'll listen back to our episodes and I'll be like, oh, I want to hear more from that person. And actually... Finding their episode of this is a really great way of getting to know them a bit better. Yeah, that's. I true. could just sort of maybe text them and try and make some new friends, but I'd rather just watch the
3: episode. <laughs> no. who, who
0: has the time, Hannah? Who has the time?
3: Yeah. I guess we
0: ought yeah. to say as well, for anyone that hasn't watched the series or listened, that the sort of conceit of it is that he's not got titles for these episodes. And so each episode at the end, based on the stories that people have told, he's got to come up with the title for the episode. So there are just ridiculous titles at the end of each episode, depending on what people have talked about.
2: Have you worked with Alan or watched any of his
1: other work? I mean, listeners to our podcast will know my slightly unhealthy obsession with Jonathan Creek. So uh, to say I've been a fan since I was about 12 is, um, yeah, is not an understatement. I was obsessed with that show. And also it's, you know, the detective thing. So when we have crimes on our podcast, I'm kind of like, this has got a Jonathan Creek vibe, uh, which is always really the biggest compliment you can uh, give. So I've I've always really liked him. And I think he's a very good... I think it's a difficult thing hosting a show like that because you know it's like hosting a dinner party where you're trying to make sure everyone gets to speak and one thing I loved about the show was the fact that it felt, you know, it could be a nightmare. I've been in a room with six comedians and you never get say anything. Like, it's horrible. But, like, with this, it's really well kind of orchestrated. And I think because he's kind of that slightly older statesman of comedy, which he probably mm. wouldn't want me to say. No one wants to be called a legend or an older statesman, do they? <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, he's got that gravitas, I think, that can kind of control the room, um, which I think is great.
3: Yeah, they all take turns quite well, don't they? Yeah. And, and like, if any he of them... Gives them- their intro, go
1: on. Yeah, no, I was just going to say if any of them murder each other, he'd be able to work out who did it.
2: So. Uh, <laughs> I recently did an episode of QI and I was on his team, and he was an unqualified delight. He was so nice to me, so I am I'm predisposed uh, to love this show, and I think the point is I was on QI. <laughs> <laughs> Things are going yeah, very well. Yeah, sorry. Not not. Yeah, not a- <laughs> I mean, this is basically Deborah Francis White's fan mail now. Um <laughs> I was Woman say. Behind <laughs> Desk. Take
0: a page from a lolly there. I was
2: playing <laughs> Woman Behind Desk on QI, actually. Um exactly. that's how many, many of the BBC watchers will have seen me. They were like, Who's that woman behind the desk? Why is it a woman? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have a favorite episode? I love the one with Sue Perkins talking about her doing all the illegal <gasps> yes. things. Wasn't that funny?
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And she does peyote yes. in South America.
3: And because it's Sue Perkins, you're just like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, the contrast. But I like, yeah, I, I don't know about a favorite episode, but I definitely have some new favorite stories. Um, I really love um, Jason Byrne told an amazing story about Bono and getting hired to do a set and just how crazy that whole story sounded, and then oh man, I can't remember her name. Can you remember her name? Um, she was Welsh, and she had like was doing this thing with Prince Charles when he was Prince Charles, and she accidentally locked him in the <gasps> toilet in Wales I that when one. they were supposed to be opening um, this, you know, uh, like art program to help like young people get jobs in the arts. <laughs> and there were load like loads of other like people she there. Looked, the, the monarch, and, formerly um, known as Prince, in. <laughs> in a loo? <laughs> no, she did, and then no one could find him. They were like late oh. to open the thing, and then she because she'd locked the toilet because she didn't want anyone to use it because it was a horrible <gasps> toilet. But he was already inside it with his aid when she locked it, and then she so she, she, it was with it was his aid. So she went and found him. Yeah, I'm, I'm stumbling on. Presumably, it like, wasn't a was, cubicle. It was, it was a, a, Yeah, in the actual main bit, he probably isn't allowed to be alone. Oh. I don't. I'm now guessing, but so she let him he out. He can't even wee like, by himself. <laughs> oh my god no she pretended she didn't know how it got locked and then
1: good for her her. uh, that's brilliant it's great have you ever struggled to
2: come up with a name for a show i think this untitled idea is probably based on the fact that comedians find it so hard to come up names for their edinburgh show have you ever struggled to come up with a title for a show or a book or anything you've been working on
0: well, weirdly, we started with the title Drunk Women Solving Crime and had to build the format around it. So we've gone, I feel like I'm great at coming up with titles. I just have no content. <laughs> I
2: came up with the Guilty Feminist really quickly. I was like, that that's how I was feeling. I was feeling like, you know, it was twenty. 20- 15 and everyone was doing this kind of really gung-ho feminism. And I was thinking, well, I'm a feminist, but. And I said, I think I'm a guilty feminist. And I think the title is a lot yeah. of the success of the show because the right people find it. They go, I'm a guilty mm, feminist. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I-, I love titling things. I've, I've often come up with <laughs> good titles for things and then felt like, oh, I really want to do that show now. Um, based on that title Uh, I've gone out of my way then to do some One Night Only in Edinburgh
1: because I've come up with a good
0: title
1: (laughs) (laughs) I remember years ago Katie saying to me in Edinburgh that you wanted to do a show called Don't Believe the Hype and then do no promo for it which is pretty funny
2: So is there anything you came to say that you didn't get to say about Alan Davies as yet untitled?
1: I mean I just like you say all the stories are brilliant and if you're Cheeky enough, you just pass them off as your own at a dinner party, like, just as long
3: as, <laughs> as, yeah, long as no like, one else is watching yeah, it. I feel like it might become so popular. <laughs> like, if you weren't hearing it from the comedian that experienced it, you'd be like, that's not true. Like, <laughs> it's such an urban legend, but why, like, that obviously literally happened. It's insane also it's quite useful like there's a bit Josh Jones told this
1: story about dismembering his finger and then the nurse at school knowing not to just put it in a bag of ice and that you have to put it on ice oh yeah um, i.e. you know on a bag of peas or something because otherwise you would just get frostbite on the finger and it would never go back on (gasps) yeah and I was like
3: useful
1: life hack I'm the kind of person that would dismember a finger by accident by accident most people by accident but (laughs) one would hope so and I was like yeah (laughs) and I was like ooh and then I watched a horror movie that night and then there was like someone had their head chopped off and that was on ice and i was like that's not going back on <laughs> deeply deeply
2: entertaining this show in my opinion if you're feeling like you need friends <laughs> this is such a great substitute for friends if you are lonely or thinking oh, um you know just feeling you need a bit of a of a big wild night out without actually having to go to the effort of going out or having people over and having to cook and then get rid of them, this is the podcast for you. Put it on on your commute and you will turn up for work in such a great mood.
1: Yeah, really, really easily listening. And also you, you can sort of like discover new people as well, which I think is great. A couple yeah. of people that I hadn't sort of like seen much of their stuff and then you listen to them and you can immediately go, I would watch your Edinburgh show, I would watch your sitcom, I'm going to follow mm. you on Instagram. It's a you great know, way of finding yeah. people <laughs> you
2: don't find funny as well because there's just so many of them. You can go, won't be seeing their show. Uh, did not find that story funny. Loved this one. Okay, so it's a great way to quickly
1: sift through comedians. Yeah. Uh, And as soon as one started, like there'll be another one along really quickly as well. You know, everyone gets to tell (laughs) a story. So uh, it's perfect. They are all
2: brilliant though, really. I am, I'm being wry. Um, (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. That's why I should be on the show, Ellen Davies. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on our inaugural Audible Comedy Club episode brought to you by Audible and Acast Creative. If you'd like to discover more episodes from the Audible Comedy Club series, then you can do so across the following podcasts over the coming weeks. Telling Everybody Everything with Catherine Ryan, Dane Baptiste, Questions Everything, Cuddle Club with Lou Sanders, and Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Do you know Richard never Herring, never heard of that Katie? guy.
3: <laughs> Sounds like a (laughs) chancer.
2: For listeners who don't know, Katie is sleeping with him. Now, (laughs) he is also the father of her children and they are very much married. There's no Mr. and Mrs. Smith here. If... You want to listen to the (laughs) podcast that we've discussed today, Hannah. What do you need to do?
1: Well, what you need to do is you need to download and subscribe to Audible. By doing so, you'll also have access to podcasts and audiobooks from other amazing comedians such as Alan Partridge. Partridge. And Mr. <laughs> Partridge and Daisy May Cooper. Um, yeah, I feel like most, like 90% of things I say are Alan Partridge quotes um, and I love anything Daisy May Cooper's done. So they've got they've got some great podcasts on
2: that. Uh, my next picks are French and Saunders and Mo Gilligan, because they are well known to be three of the most award-winning hilarious comedians in Britain. Also,
0: if you want to find out more on Audible's offering, head over to audible.co.uk. A subscription
3: is required. See audible.co.uk for terms. This has been so much fun. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this as much as we've enjoyed doing it.
2: I have to say, seeing you, gang, again, has been an unqualified delight. And I've loved getting some new series recommendations. So until the next time, and there will be a next time, goodbye for now. Aha! Bye -bye. Bye! Bye! Aha!
1: Oh, smell my handsze <laughs>
0: <laughs> drunk women so in cry